Welcome to Conversations with Toy, a blogcast tackling life one episode at a time. This is the time to air out life's craziest moments. This space is all about speaking about life's hang-ups and ways in which we can leave better than when we started. Topics are all about ways we can find space to be better in life, love, mental space and health. Happy Friday. I hope that you are having or have had a great week. And the reason why I say that is because we all know how long a week can be with the ups and downs, life, work, responsibilities, and all the things, and trying this whole balance thing, which never always works out. But you're here and we are excited. Thank you for tuning in to Conversations with Toy. If this is your first time, meaning you have never heard this podcast, just kind of stumbled upon it, nothing happens by accident. I honestly believe that it was meant for you to be here. And because of that, we want to celebrate that and say thank you. As you're here, you may be working out. So we're going to send you some good vibes that you get all of the things done, or you may just be mellowing out, maybe folding up laundry, which is one of those things that I love to do when I'm listening to podcasts. Whatever it is, we are grateful to have you here. What are we talking about? What do we talk about here at Conversations with Toy? We have simple conversations about life. It could be about anxiety. It could be about mental health, self-care. Could we talk about things that are happening all across social media? Whatever it is, we hope that the conversation, sometimes they're fun, sometimes they're light, sometimes they can be heavy because that's how life works. But for whatever they are, we love to have you be a part of that conversation by one, making sure that you listen to the podcast in its entirety, share it with someone. There might be something in it that somebody that you know needs, share it with them. Also, leave us a comment. Tell us what we will need to do better in. Let us know what we're doing good in. Like this is a conversation for all of us. So we hope that you get those types of vibes when you are here. We have so much to talk about and we are have a guest for our episode today. This is season seven, episode two. We're going to talk about some things that could be a little, you know, unconventional, but isn't that how life works? I first want to talk about something that happened to me this week. I won't get into the full details of what caused my trigger. It was something small and in some people's eyes may seem as insignificant, right? If you don't know what a trigger is, if you've dealt with some type of mental health, whether that's depression, anxiety, whatever it may be, right? There are so many times that within that you find yourself being triggered, something that will set you off. And in the midst of a set off, it could either cause you to have a long period of healing or recovery, or it could be something that you recover very quickly. For me, I'm in the midst of recovering from this last trigger. And again, it could be something small, something external that's happening, even something internally. Sometimes we can be our worst uh, enemy. So what happened for me this week? Something happened. um, It made me off my game questioned if I was doing the right thing, you know, am I, you know, am I building this business in the right way? You know, I want to be able to sustain, you know, as a business owner, somebody who is, you know, building this business from the ground up with, you know, limited support, limited resources. Sometimes, you know, those good days are popping, right? You know, if you follow me, I'm a blogger, I have my website, I'm, you know, creating content, 
and everything looks great. You know, I'm at the best restaurants when they first open. You're having all of the most amazing wine, drinks, the fun, facials, you know, massages. You're getting it all. You're doing it all, right? Booked and busy. And I am. But sometimes being booked and busy, sometimes looking like you're doing all the things, sometimes showing up at all these different places can take a toll. And in the midst of that, it's not cheap. Yes, I get comped for a lot of things. Let's not act like that's not the case. I even get paid sometimes to create content. Most of the time I get paid to get to create content, right? But it's not always as beautiful and easy. There are some hard times. There are some times when you have to keep invoicing people several times just to get a simple payment. There are times when you're stressed out because I'm trying to make sure that I'm not always out, out, out and not putting in, in, in back into myself. I'm also a mother. I have three children who are growing and then their schedules get jumbled into there. So sometimes I have to say no. Sometimes I have to go back and say, I'm sorry, I can't attend. Things happen. But that was my trigger, like trying to incorporate all of these different things, trying to incorporate all these different places of movement. And it's not always easy. And I say that because we have to be honest, content creators always look like they are the bell of the ball. But the reality, it takes a lot of work to be present, to do the work that I do. You know, I'm always writing. I'm always typing. I do uh, content for other companies that never even go on my site. So that means that even when you don't see me doing things, trust and believe I'm doing stuff. My days are crazy. I could be recording at in the middle of the day now that the kids are at school, or I could be doing stuff in the middle of the night. It's just the way that it works. And so it's stressful sometimes. And so in the midst of that stress, I was completely stressed out. My husband was trying to be a ball of reality. And I think for the first time in our marriage and our conversation, I was willing to hear him. Now, why do I say that I was willing to hear him? And this is the first time I hear my husband all the time. But when you're in the middle of a trigger or if you're in the middle of, you know, your mindset not being where it needs to be, if you're in the middle of a stressful situation, I can hear my husband all the time when we're not and when I'm not in a, a flight or fight or flight, right? When the anxiety has not taken over and I'm not in a depressive mood or I'm not having some type of mental health issue, I can hear my husband adapt and do all the things. In the midst of a trigger, it is super hard sometimes. It is super hard to hear reality because you don't want to face that you may be the issue or you don't want to face the things that you've contributed to the conversation or to whatever may have gone down or whatever may have slipped, whatever has fallen, right? I say all that to say that that's what happened. And I heard him instead of hearing him as an enemy. I, I don't know if I talked about this time. And maybe guys, when I've listened to the episode where my husband and I are talking about my mental health um, struggles, and we have an episode where we talk about like how he saw things, how I saw things, where we missed it. That's the reality. And this was the first time in the middle of a trigger where I didn't have to take 20 hours to get it together to hear him. I heard him right off the bat. I was willing to receive. I didn't like it. Now, let's not let's not act like I liked it, but I was willing to receive. And in the midst of me trying to still gather myself through that, I'm joyful that I was able to see that. I was joyful that I was able to hear that. I didn't like what was said, right? He didn't say it in a wrong way. I didn't receive it in a wrong way. I just didn't like 
the message. And so now what I'm doing is trying to take the message and make something of it to be on my game, to get back on track, to do the things that need to be done. And it's not easy. So if you struggle with that, if you've ever experienced that, you are not alone. Why do we talk about this so often? Because so often people see the glitz and glamor of anything in life. And yet people are really struggling. Okay. So if you're not, you know, you're not by yourself, you're not alone. Trust me. Now, one of the things that has had people in a tussle this week is Little Mermaid. Let me just say for those who just don't quite understand why it's such an important thing to see um, Haley as the Little Mermaid. First and foremost, I love the Little Mermaid. My youngest daughter was the Little Mermaid for, I believe, a couple of years ago. I want to say at least two years ago, she was a Little Mermaid. Um, as her Halloween costume. And she would just be like, I'm gonna be a Little Mermaid. I don't care. Like it didn't matter. I know that Little Mermaid, first of all, mermaids are not real. Can we say that? They're not real. And the mermaid in the movie, even in the Little Mermaid, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I focused on whether or not she was white or black as a kid. I don't ever think I remembered that. But I will say is now that I have children, seeing them see characters that look and resemble like them is amazing to me. First of all, Haley has her natural locks and that's important to me as a mother. My daughters have, and I have our natural hair. We have not done anything to process it. And if you have, that's your choice, right? This is not a, um, you know, is it, it to be natural is okay and not to be natural is not like none of that is the debate right now. What I am saying is seeing my girl sees a character that looks and resembles like them that are brown and beautiful and has talent, that's what I'm focused on, right? Now, she could have been green. For me, she could have been polka dot as long as the you know she stayed true to the character and can sing. And she can, right? Because we all know that the songs are the most important part of The Little Mermaid. If you think, if you think that the other parts are, are more important to you, so God bless, but for me, and most people, it is the music, it is the song. So the fact that Miss Girl can sing and has always been able to sing is important. It just becomes a highlight that she happens to be brown and that she can look like my girls because now we have more representation. And I kind of want that for everybody. I want everybody to see themselves and see themselves in, in these great lights. So I'm all team for it. Um, I'm honestly even considering letting myself, like I may even be a little mermaid, little mermaid for um, Halloween. I don't know. We, we, we may see, but I know my daughter was, and she loves that particular character. It's one of her favorite movies. It's one of my favorite movies. My oldest loves it as well. It's just a good time. So I don't know why we in a tussle about a fish. I don't know why we in a tussle because listen, the most important part is that singing and she got that on lock. You can't take talent from her. Um, apparently there's over 1 million views of people disliking it on, I guess, YouTube. And I'm like, eh, y'all all right. Y'all, y'all all right. Are y'all okay? Um, regardless of what happens, it's going to be a movie. It's going to hit. It's going to make its records. Listen. I already know people, first of all, it's coming out May of next year. My birthday's in May. My daughter's birthday's in May. Mother's Day is in May. We coming out. If I have, listen, I might even drive, my nieces and them live in Lancaster. I may drive to Lancaster to gather up all the kids and make sure we see this as a collaborative. We gonna be in the building with our tickets secured and our snack money ready. Like our snack money, our shirts, our outfits about to be on point. We about to be cosplay. It's about to be a situation. If I never do that for any other movie, I guarantee you, 
I will be posting, making all the things. We come in in the building. We come in, we're, we're ready. We're going to be prepared. So I'm looking forward to it. I don't know why everybody's having their drama or I do know, but it's, it is what it is. But y'all go ahead and y'all tussle in them or in them comments. I'm not tussling with nobody. I'm showing up. I'm showing up with my coin ready. I'm showing up with my kids ready. I'm sh if I if I go to a free premiere, I'm still going to pay for it. I'm still going to pay for it again and go see it. I want to be all the way in the backing of this amazing showcase, okay? So if you had a problem with that, we're going to just pray for you. This week's uh, guest we have is Brooke McCarthy, and she is here to showcase her show of how to be an ethical slut. Now, I know the word slut is supposed to be wrong. Y'all getting y'all little tussle deep in y'all spirit about what it is to be a slut, but this is about... Um, freeing the moment of freeing the word of slut and and letting go of the stigma because again y'all y'all be y'all tussle all of the time over the word slut and make it a shameful thing listen i ain't trying to be ignorant rude but i know every i won't say everybody because i don't want everybody coming from me but i'll say a large majority of people have had what they call as a whole phase or whatever the case may be and it is what it is in this particular show it takes the 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 conversation about you know being with more than one partner right and at the same time and this is a lifestyle for so many right and it basically explores that and because people say if you're with more than one person at one one time it's taboo you know we shouldn't do it we shouldn't be about it but it's not about that like it's about people choosing that lifestyle if that's what they want to do because I was always taught to let grown folks be grown. And because grown folks are going to be grown, I don't have to amen it. I don't have to high five it. I don't have to, that's not has to be my lifestyle, but I can support somebody else choosing that lifestyle for themselves. We got to get to that point, right? Getting to the point of allowing people just to be them and not being them where we have to shame everything. Like we don't got to speak up on it. We don't have to be extra about it, but allowing people to do it so it takes a way of this show being comical but also addressing some of those issues and I am actually going to see it so I, I will be talking all the way about it but I'm going to be seeing it at the last show and the reason why we're bringing this episode for this week is so that I'm going to put the show notes in the show notes the the dates and the ticket information for the last shows that are um, hanging out but this is for Fringe it's an amazing show that I can't wait to see because I'm always about open-minded about what people are doing. Like, what are people doing? What are people talking about? And how do people live their lives? And instead of walking away, shying from it, I'm going to walk right into it and embrace it. Because again, what somebody eats don't make me fat, right? I want people to do whatever it is that they're going to do because whether you want them to do it or not, they're going to do it. So this is a way to have this open conversation to kind of get a different perspective on it. And I'm waiting to see how this goes. So thank you, Brooke. She is here. She took this show and, and, and there's a book out. Uh, there's an actual book about how to, you know, how to be an ethical slut and basically turned it into a, her own version of a play that, again, sheds light on, you know, how, being in a relationship with multiple people at the same time, respectfully. This is not about people who are playing people. I mean, some people are doing this every single day and don't even know that they're in a situation like that. These are people that have come together, decided this is what works for us. And we're going to explore that. So this is what this play is about. She's been doing this for a while, right? Brooke has been putting her heart and soul into this. She is the producer, the director, the, the person starring in it. It's got music. It's got all these different elements. It's a one woman show. But 
as much as it's the one woman show, it's going to shed light. It's going to have humor. It's going to bring it all together. And I can't wait to see it. So we are so grateful to have Brooke with us as we talk about the show, what to expect, some of the conversations that we are going to have with this and some ways how we can embrace this conversation, embrace this lifestyle. Again, when I say embrace this lifestyle, I'm not asking you to go out and do it right? I'm saying be open to other people doing what they do because like my mama always said, let grown folks be grown. So let's get into these ads so we can pay these bills and we're going to get right back into the conversation. Today's podcast is sponsored by Athletic Greens. I personally use Athletic Greens because I don't like taking a bunch of supplements and vitamins. It's something about the pills that I just can't do every single day. And regardless of your lifestyle, whether you eat keto, vegan, dairy-free, whatever your lifestyle is, this will be for all. Also, we're all about saving money and it only costs you less than $3 a day. Not to mention, Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. So that means five, at least 7,000 other people, including myself, who have used it and know the benefits of it. In addition, right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. That's right, one scoop in a cup of your water that you drink every day. That's it, no need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. Athletic Greens is going to give you one free supply, one year supply of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first pack purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com backslash emerging. Again, that is athleticgreens.com backslash emerging to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutrition. Well, welcome. Happy Friday to my conversations with Toy Family. I hope you have had an amazing time. This is episode two of season seven because you know we came back, right? We had to take a little break because breaks are good. I don't think people realize how much editing goes into this, but you know, I always love to bring different points of conversation. And today we have a juicy conversation for you. Now I say juicy because I know y'all love to hear trigger words. As soon as you hear juicy, you tune your ears in. So go ahead, put your ears all the way in because you need to know that we're going to talk about a show today and it is how to be an ethical slut. Now that word may be taboo for you. You may be saying to yourself, did you say slut? I indeed said slut, the word slut. And we are going to talk about what that may mean. And if you are the type of person that feels like you need to clutch your imaginary pearls, unclutch them. Because again, this conversation is necessary and needful for how we talk about relationships and how we go back from fluidity between them. And so we're going to talk about all those things. So again, this may not be the conversation you may want to play when you have children around because we are going to say the things. So put on your little comfortability. If you're on your treadmill, do your thing. But we have Brooke McCarthy here. She is the producer, the, the director, the artist. She is like the one woman show of how to be a slut. And there's a reason for how she came along with this title play and how we're going to talk about this. So without any further ado, Brooke, thank you for joining us. <laughs> thank you so much for having me, Toy. I'm very excited to be here. <laughs> well, let's get right on into it because we said yeah. the word slut and everybody's going to be in their feelings. And like That's I said, clutch your imaginary purse. Right. Because I feel like sometimes when we say that word, it is such a dirty word, a dirty concept. So tell me about how this whole situation came to be, how you came to do how to be an ethical slut. 
Yeah. Okay. So, uh, how to be an ethical slut is my one woman cabaret comedy show. And so, um, back in 2020, I started writing the show with a couple of things of inspiration. And the first one, um, if any of the listeners are familiar with the book called the ethical slut by Dossie Easton and Janet Hardy, that is a, basically a guidebook on polyamory or loving many or living a non-monogamous lifestyle, or even living a monogamous lifestyle. Um, and there's so many messages in the book around being honest and, and being transparent communicator and just being able to love. And so I was reading that book while reflecting on a past relationship of mine that actually was going on while I lived in Philly. Um, so when I was reflecting on that relationship and reading this book, I, um, I realized I wanted to write a show that sort of spoke about characters that I felt like were missing on stage. And so going back to the question about slut, to me, slut is a way of, it's, it's a reclamation of the word. It's not necessarily what we think of as, oh, that's dirty, bad, you know? It's a reclamation of the word in the same way that back in the 80s, during the AIDS epidemic, the word queer was reclaimed in, in the LGBTQ plus community. And so, um, so yeah, so, so slut is just a reclamation. It's a celebration, it's, a, it's an empowerment. I love that because again, we all hear that word. And like I said, we get all worked up and get all, you know, shriveled up about the word because again, it's like, oh my God, how could you have used that? How could you have said that? You know, that's so derogatory. It's so all these things. And I'm like, mm, pause. Uh, it's actually not. And I love how you say, like you were thinking about your own relationships because we know relationships when you get out of them or you leave them or they conclude because, you know, every relationship doesn't stay forever. You know, you have that self-reflection time where you're like, you know, what the heck was I doing? Yeah. Like, where was I at in this moment of time? <laughs> what, what brought me here? Like, right. how did we get here? And so when you get to that point, you think about all the things and, you know, we don't reflect. And if you're the type of person who's listening, who don't, doesn't take that reflection moment, you kind of jump from jump from jump. I'm just going to give you a little, little nugget of knowledge. You're going to jump and jump and jump to the same person, even if they never met each other, because there's oh. no, there's no break in, in thought process. And really a lot of times we don't even reflect. What is it about me that I'm attracting this person? Yeah. You know, we blame it on the other person, which they have their flaws, but we be having our flaws too. So yeah. what was putting together, you read the book, you know, you're reflecting on this relationship and now I'm, you're going from book relationship to let's produce a show. How, yeah. How did we get there? <laughs> so it was, it was crazy. I had about four months when I first wrote it to, to go from nothing on a page to a full fledged production. So that, and I was in grad school during the time. So I was basically just constantly writing, tweaking, rehearsing, um, and then, it, you know, I do everything. So I wear all the hats and especially, you know, back when I did it in grad school and now that I've been touring it around, I mean, go everything from the marketing to the production, to fundraising, to, to looking up grants to, I mean, if you, if you can think of it, I'm probably doing it, you know, <laughs> and then not only that, then there's, you know, then there's the acting, right. I mean, I have to take time to just set back, like sit back and be like, okay, now I have to go into actor mode, which is a very different mode. Like the, the many hats of production are kind of chaotic and a bit stressful. And, and the actor hat needs to be like, 
cool, calm, collected, like, all right, let's, <laughs> let's do my show warmups and stretch and get ready. So there's a lot. <laughs> yeah, I can only imagine. Um, I used to write plays back in the day, like when I was in high school. So cool. <laughs> um, and it was a lot to try. I actually, some of them I acted in and some of them I just kind of like produced and kind of moved on, but it's a lot. And if you're wearing that many hats, God knows we took our actual hat off to you because that is a lot. What has been some of the feedback that you've gotten? Because when you're on, because I have acted in so when you're on the stage or when you're in front of people, you get to see people's facial expressions. You kind of see where they're at or you'll have people say like, mm, I didn't get that. Or what is the, what is the result yeah. of how that all goes down? So there's a couple things there. So I think like now, especially now that like every time I've performed it and I've retweaked things, it's tighter, it's it's more concise. It just kind of flows and fires off. And um, I mean, the, the response is overwhelmingly positive. And, you know, as actor, artist, creator people, we're so hard on ourselves. And I, I'm, I'm so critical of myself. So for me to just get so much overwhelmingly positive feedback, it's, it's validating in a way that maybe I don't need, but always helps that little artist heart of mine. And so I've had members of the polyamorous community or polycurious people who've come up to me after my show and they thank me for, for telling this story. They thank me for putting, putting a voice to, to our community. And then even regardless of how people identify, just the audience will come up with me like, I haven't laughed that hard in a long time. Or, and like one of my favorite responses recently, someone came up and they were like, hey, I laughed so much, but also I had no idea there was going to be that much heart in it. Right. And that was really important to me because, you know, the title being the provocative ethical slut, it's like, whoa, what's this going to be about? But there really is so much heart in it because at the end of the day, it's about love. And so I do feel like my audiences are, are um, feeling the, the love, you know, and the laughter from it. <laughs> so because we're, you know, we're going away from the traditional whatever we consider to be a traditional relationship. What are some of the takeaways for people who may still be like, okay, listen, I'm strictly, you know, in the traditional sense, which is nothing wrong with that either way. Right. Yeah. How does someone who may just be like, you know what? Mm, I don't get the whole concept. Yeah. What can they like, how can they prepare their minds or their mindset to come in and receive this message? Because again, you know, when things get different, people get yeah. funny. Yeah, absolutely. Which is, I mean, and, and when it gets different and weird and taboo, that's why I wrote it as a comedy. So people could laugh that tension out. Right. Um, so what I would say is come in with an open mind, come to the show and just be prepared to just kind of uh, immerse yourself in the experience and in the story. And if you're able to follow along, there's six like, you know, parts of the show. And for example, part one, how to be an unethical slut. So it's a, <laughs> right. an entire journey. And if you're able to follow each part of the show and just really kind of sit in and, and go along the story with the, with Blake, which is the protagonist of the show, she makes mistakes along the way. She learns along the way. She discovers what it means to go from only understanding what a monogamous heterosexual society type relationship is to by the end understanding a whole new world and so if you're just able to kind of sit back with an open mind and and take in the show step by step you'll follow the journey with the character and hopefully those questions will be answered along the way <laughs> well that's the goal because you know a lot of times when you're watching any form of art you know, there's always a lesson somewhere there's always a takeaway so that's why I was saying you know let people know because you know 
closed minds. Yeah. <laughs> you can't really, you can't open your heart to receive anything. And even if that lifestyle is not for you, which it, it could very well not be, there's still something that you can take away. There's always something you can apply to your own relationship, things that you can understand and just understand people and what they are doing. And I always believe let people, let grown people do grown people things. Yeah. Um, you know, this whole concept of like monitoring everybody's stuff and like, this is wrong, this is wrong. Like, you know, nitpicking at stuff is just ridiculous and it's crazy to me. Yeah. And I think going off that, you know, one of my favorite things is when an audience member is able regardless of what show they see, whether it's mine or someone else, like even when I'm an audience member, I love when I walk away from a show and I'm able to just think about my own life and reflect on my own life. And whether you identify as monogamous or polyamorous or polycurious or just undecided, you know, um, there are so many lessons that apply to love relationships, friendships in general. So there's a universality in the show and in the messages that I do feel like regardless of how you identify, as long as you stay open to it, you'll see them, you'll see the humanity, you'll see that human condition aspect of it. How do you prepare when it's show day? Like, do you have like your show day rituals that you do? Like, how do you get in, you get your, your head <laughs> together and get ready to put this play together? <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's definitely been tricky lately because like I said, I'm literally doing I don't want to say I'm doing everything myself because there are usually production staff around that are at the various fringe festivals or venues that are that are there to help. And oh, I appreciate them so mm -hmm. much. Mm -hmm. But I'm still like partially in produ productor, uh, productor, <laughs> production mode. And mm -hmm. so usually there's like there's that moment where I'm like, okay, this is the best everything's gonna be front of housewise. People are getting to the seats. And I'm like, all right, backstage. So I go backstage. I kind of, I literally, you know, shut the door. Uh, whether there's backstage or not, maybe it's a proverbial backstage, you know. And and I just kind of do my little actor moment. I I get into character. I do um, some vocal warm ups. And usually, like a few, an hour or two before the show, I, I like to take a really hot, steamy shower and do vocal warm ups in the shower. So that's like, you know, pre stage time. Then I'm backstage, and I basically just, you know. Um, I, I do some stretches. I move my body, get my spine, my, my head, my neck free. Um, I, I like to even say a few words of the show. I like to kind of go over some things that I want to hit, you know, depending on what city I'm in, I always try and, you know, you know, Hey, welcome Philadelphia, all my right. Philly sluts, you know, like, you know, I try and, and bring, find ways to bring the audience in locally. And, um, and then before the show, I just, I, I go over the first, couple verses of the opening song just to kind of get my head in the game and fingers crossed lights up here we go and it's time to go <laughs> yeah yes and I forgot to mention that yes there is a singing element as well there are songs that are being sung throughout this production so it's not just acting so you get a little bit of comedy some acting you get some singing it's really a lot of things happening at one time oh yeah oh when I wrote the show I wanted to sort of challenge myself but also show off some of my favorite parts of my performance abilities. And so I wrote it as a cabaret 
show. So like you walk in and it's just Blake Valentini, it's her cabaret. But then through her cabaret, she tells you this very confessional, intimate story. And like I said, I interspersed it with a ton of comedy because I, I love comedy. I love making people laugh. And I wanted people to have an escape from the darkness we've been living in for so long. So there's so there it's, it's not just like, it's not just a musical. It's not just a play. It's not just a cabaret. It's not just stand up. Like it's, it's a whole thing. So it's just a nice mashup of everything I want to do as a performer. I mean, you can't get any better than that. I mean, literally you have like almost like a mixing pot, like a crock pot full of like all the goods, like exactly. a whole crock pot. Cause you know, rock <laughs> it's crock pot season in case you didn't know. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and you get all that goodness into one pot and it's just time to just enjoy it. So that's what I'm, that's what I'm looking forward to. Um, what are some of the ways in which um, maybe conversations have sparked? Have you had like any serious conversations with people where they have sparked maybe some new thoughts that bring, you can bring back into the production or into the, to the actual show? Yeah. So I always, I always listen to feedback, always take it in. I don't necessarily always do the thing that the person said um, or suggested, but I always listen to feedback and, you know, especially from peers, um, like director, artist, people, and, um, and, you know, and even as an actor, I've felt the moments where I was like, oh, that, that, that whole beat went on too long. I, I really need to like trim that down. And so, you know, when I first produced it back in 2020, there was a segment in the show that was just really long and dragging. So I actually turned that entire segment into an original song. Okay. So instead of a bunch of dialogue, I turned it into a funny song. So, um, and I worked with actually my friend, Sarah Clemency, who lives in Philly. And so she helped me to compose the music and we sort of wrote the lyrics together. So yeah, I do everything I can to, um, to keep it going. But at the same, at the same time, I, I have to stay true to my playwright intention. <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree with that so now it's in the French or French arts for um mm -hmm. who don't understand what that is mm -hmm. so it is a, about a month or so long uh journey of just allowing different parts so it's not just plays and production there are some musical yeah. parts and elements to it and everything comes together to kind of just give artists plays, uh, theater companies, musical musicians and things like that, just their space, their space to kind of like put their art out there and to get it seen and get it known. Um, how, this is, is this your first Fringe or is this your like, this, this you've done this before? Yeah, so I've done a few and I've done a bunch of, you know, um, whether it's like a private guest invited performance or just a local performance. So I'm actually just fresh off St. Louis Fringe Festival where I won the Spirit of the Fringe Award. So that was very exciting to win my first Fringe Award for the show. Um, I'll be going to Hartford, Connecticut's Fringe next. I was in Orlando Fringe earlier this year. I had four sold out performances in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, I was in Evansville, Indiana. I, was, I did that Southeastern Theater Conference Fringe Festival in Memphis. So yeah, I've been kind of going all over. And for me, Philly is kind of like the pinnacle. Philly was just a goal fringe I wanted to do because I lived in Philly. I love Philly. I think the, the quality and the caliber of the arts and the artists is just top notch. And and I and I I'm just super excited to be back here, which is why I'm doing so many shows. I've got six shows here. So 
Yes. Now I'm going to be at the last one only yes. because my schedule has <laughs> My schedule has been jam-packed. However, <laughs> I don't want you to just like, if you're listening, I want you to go and get, you know, at one of these shows. And I want you to go again, enjoy it. Go experience this so you can see it for yourself. And it, and, and not only just this show, but all other shows in the fringe, because listen, this takes a lot of work, dedication to bring, you know, this all about. Some, are, um, some of the productions even start almost a year out just to get ready for fringe. So this is yeah. a serious ordeal and I'm grateful just to even see this. So I can't wait. Uh, <laughs> to be in the audience. I'm going to be right in the middle, like ready, yes. just ready to go. Um, <laughs> what are some of the things that you do? You know, we always talk about self-care. We talk about taking care of ourselves and with you wearing so many hats and then traveling and doing so much, how do you take care of you? Yeah. So one of the things I've been doing whenever I have a spare moment lately, I've literally just allowed myself to just stop, breathe. And I say this phrase in my head, dreams really do come true. And I just remind myself that like, oh my gosh, I am living my dream. I am, I am experiencing what I wanted to do my whole life, which is just traveling to perform, performing, writing my own work, meeting people, connecting with artists. And so like the, the simplest thing, just taking that moment to just appreciate the moment that I'm in. Right. Because I don't want to look back a year from now and be like, wow, I did all of that. And I just, I feel like I, I, all, all I was was stressed the whole time. So I just try to remind myself of those moments. And then outside of those moments, things like yoga are super helpful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I go, I go on walks. I try and get outside whenever I can, because, you know, especially as the producer, writer, performer, I mean, I can spend a lot of time in front of a computer in a dark rehearsal room. So I really love just connecting with nature, breathing in fresh air next to a tree is so important. (laughs) Yes. We talk about that quite often. And I don't think people realize the power of being outside, even if you can just get outside for 15 minutes a day, Yeah, even if it's cold, it doesn't matter. It's just switch, switching up your, your environment. Sometimes like sitting outside on your porch, if you don't want to take a walk, just sitting outside drinking your coffee, like it's about being outside. And sometimes that fresh air just does something to the mind. Yeah. So I always encourage anybody who's listening to try to get outside. I know it's getting, you know, I know we're about to go into fall. Yeah. And so everybody's like, oh my God, it's so cold. I want to go outside. But listen, just 15 minutes, right? Put a coat on, (laughs) put a hat on like 15 minutes and just get some fresh air, get some movement. Yes. Because I work at home in my home office. And so I have to be like, oh, I need to get outside. I need to get up from here, go up the steps and go get some food. Like you have to move a little bit. I mean, there are days where I'm so in the zone, like I'll get up, make my pot of coffee and like three hours later I'm like all I had was an entire pot of coffee and I haven't moved I'm like oh my gosh so just reminding myself to take a break so yes take a break (laughs) take a break so let the people know where they can find you um, and more information about the show because it is you know here it's ready to start and so uh, let them know where they can find you and the show, where they can get the All information right. tickets for the show. And we will listen up closely. Y'all know y'all love clickable, clickable, clickables. Everything will be clickable. Yes. So you can find more information about the show, including you can buy some merch at uh, www.howtobeanethicalslut.com. You can follow me on Instagram and TikTok at howtobeanethicalslut. And on TikTok, I post a lot of like reviews and like more live in the moment things of like the other shows that I'll be seeing. So you can see what I think of the other shows in Philly's Fringe Festivals. Um, And then 
I did want to let you guys know you can buy tickets at fringearts.com, my website and my TikTok, all that stuff is linked there too. And then in case you're not sure which night you want to come, um, there are special things happening the first three shows. So if you come to my opening night, which is this Saturday, oh, well, when will this be aired? Then let me see. I'll take well, this um, The 16th. Okay. Um, well, I'll, should I just, I'll just say it anyway. Okay. Sorry. Um, there are, if you opening night of my show on Saturday, September 10th, Passionelle Boutique is donating a hundred dollars worth of goodies, uh, you know, adult toys. So one lucky audience member will win that, um, Tuesday, September 13th, Monk's Cafe in Philly is, uh, partnering with me to kind of do craft a whole evening experience where you can go grab dinner with them before the show, um, come watch my show and then grab a drink with me back at the bar after. So if you want to hang out with me after the show, Tuesday is a great show to come to. And then um, my Wednesday show, which I believe is the 21st, um, Condom Kingdom is sponsoring that show. So there will be uh, $150 worth of adult toy giveaways sponsored by Condom Kingdom. So one lucky audience member will be able to win some goodies just by coming to the show that Wednesday. And in the meantime, don't forget to tell your friends to come. I promise you, you'll have an amazing time. <laughs> well, listen, you got to get some of these goodies, especially the one on the 21st for the condom uh, goodies. Because let me say, we, we want you to practice uh, safe sex because yep. listen, I, I don't care what you're doing and who you're doing it with. Safe sex <laughs> is important because uh, one night of passion does not need to lead you to anything later on. So we want you to keep everything closed up. Uh, everything going you know what needs to do and stay safe sex listen safe yes. sex let's practice that no matter how many people you're in a relationship with or exactly. with yourself everything keep everything right so um but thank you so much for joining us and having this conversation we hope that one you learn something um about the show you learn more about brooke as an artist producer writer you know, all her hats, right? <laughs> and that we hope that you also go and you attend and watch the show become a part of the conversation so that you can learn, um, have an open mind and just really understand, like, again, there are different ways of how people love, how they intersect and how they inter how they connect. So that's, that's really the takeaway. So we want you to do that. Get to the show and please, because you will see me there. If you see me say hi, I'm not, you know, I'm always super friendly and we'll go from there. Yes. Thank you so much for having me on, Toy. I can't wait to see you closing night. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So what did you think? I hope that this conversation at least brought a little bit more light to the topic and that you're, again, let grown people be grown. This may not be the lifestyle that's for you. That's okay. This may be something that is kind of taboo for you. That's all right. The word slut may be uh, offensive to you. We get it. We understand because that's the way the world works. However, whether you want to call it slut, whether it be calling your whole phase, whatever you choose to call it, it is what it is. And so it, we are going to take this journey. I'm going to take this journey into seeing this production. It is for Fringe. Fringe Arts is one of those big uh, art festivals that comes at the various cities, but for Philadelphia, it's huge. It happens all of September and some parts of October. And it's going to be fun. I have already attended various shows already and it has been a blessing and it's been great. And I'm hoping to see a few more. I'm trying to see how I can accommodate my schedule. Listen, 
A lot of the producers, shows, directors have been reaching out and I am trying my hardest to accommodate every last one, but I'm only one person. I don't have a team just yet. I am working on that. And so with that being said, I'm going to support. And I always love supporting the arts. The arts are going to showcase stories from every angle. And I mean, every single angle, whether it's an angle that you agree with or not. But what I will say, it does... Fringe and Philadelphia Fringe does a beautiful job of showcasing some of the most amazing musicians, artists, producers, writers, and directors. It's, it is a beautiful thing to see. So if you haven't had a chance, get your tickets now um, so that you're able to be equipped. You may see me at, I am going to a show. So I want you to say that, you know, meet me there and beat me there. But let's support the arts. Let's support these um, amazing artists, you know, Brooke is, like I said, she's a one woman show, but we want to support women as much as we possibly can, because it's not always easy. There's not always a backing. And so now that we have an opportunity to do so, let's go ahead and support. You know that we are always, always about making sure that we keep ourselves intact. I talked about anxiety at the beginning of the episode. Go back and listen to that because you may be dealing with that or depression or whatever mental health issue. Go ahead and listen to that. Also, I actually did a blog about it. I'm going to put that in the show notes so that you can understand triggers a little bit more according to me. Now, I am not a licensed therapist whatsoever. I only talk about from my personal experience. And if you can grab something from that, beautiful. If you say that ain't me, that's fine too. But I always speak as candidly as possible because I know there are many women and men who cannot speak up for themselves. They are struggling every single day. They don't have the the inertia. They don't have the the goals, the goals to put themselves out there because they're afraid of what people will think. I have had the worst of the worst. I've had friends who have seen me in a frantic situation and sat there and kikied. I mean, they kikied super heavy about what I had went through. I mean, I was the talk of the town amongst people about, oh my God, did you see what she said? Did you see what she, what she did? Did you hear about it? Blah, blah, blah. And it was hurtful. And, and it, it was hurtful. Like I still am healing from that, right? Some of those same friends, I'm kind of like, I know you, I talk to you, but I'm like standoffish. Like I don't fully trust you because in my most vulnerable moments, you weren't there or you shied away or whatever the case may be. And then there's times when I've had, you know, I've talked about this on the podcast, my own husband who didn't understand what was going on. You know, he talked about it with his friends and, you know, now some of their friends, his friends, I'm just like, yeah. You know, cause it's like amazing how some men don't understand that when you're, you want to call your wife or your, 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 your child's mother or whatever, you're like, oh, she's crazy. But then you don't want to explore, like maybe I'm contributing to that or I'm not understanding her enough. And so I always like to have these conversations, whether they're, you know, a personal for me or they're talking about how to be an ethical slut, or if they're talking about different things that other people just shy away from, that ain't me. I'm going to hit it straight forward because there is somebody struggling at this moment with all kinds of stuff, right? And they may be in a situation where they're in a relationship with multiple people and they got people looking at them, laughing at them, talking about them. Listen, we all got something, whether you want to admit it or not, we all got something that we dealing with, struggling with, going through life with. And I just don't understand how we have the moment, the energy, the, the timing on our hands to point our fingers out when there's 20 of them pointing in. I choose to point into myself first. I choose to put myself out there first so that I can help somebody else who is struggling. And I'm hoping that I'm doing just that. 
And we always have a drink of the day and why not? So we are going to make the redheaded slut. It is a cocktail. It has all kind of peach schnapps and Jackmeister. It has cranberry juice. And so we're gonna make the redheaded slut. It is in the link of the show notes. So you can make one too and why not? Cause we are talking about how to be an ethical slut. So why would I not find a drink for that? So it's called the redheaded slut. Go ahead and make it. It's simple ingredients. You can make it any, listen, I wanna learn something about the pandemic. We all can be our best um, bartenders at home. So put, try your hand at this new recipe. It's called the redheaded slut. I want you to have a good weekend, a good day. I want you to find a way to pour back into your empty cup because you cannot keep giving everybody the best of you without taking care of yourself. So have a great weekend. Brooke, thank you for being on our show. We are so excited for you and excited to see the show. I will report back on next week's episode about how that all went down. And I hope that you have a great weekend and we will be back with you with another episode of Conversations with Toy. Thank you as always for joining me. And I know that even in the deepest or joyful conversations, that there's something we can learn and apply. Until next time, I hope that you are doing better. If not, we will be back to talk some more and handle it. Peace to you and yours. Stay grounded.